This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You, as always, are free to call in about anything that you might like at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Though we're going to break format a little bit here uh, tonight, as we do every now and then, and bring someone special uh, on the line, a special guest to which we can speak about something unusual. Mark, you uh, proposed this tonight. Can you kind of set the stage for what happened in Australia? Sure. I mean, I think people will probably remember this story. It was a pretty big deal for a couple of days um, about a month ago. And that was uh, two Australian DJs from a show called Today or something like that. Um, They called up the hospital where I guess Kate Middleton... Kate, Katie, what, you know, whatever, Wills and Kate, uh, the, the the queen or princess of something, I'm not sure what, uh, was in with... Uh, yeah, I don't pay any attention to the royal whatever. I, I, I don't really care about their titles, but I feel for anybody who's got, uh, you know, debilitating morning sickness, and that's what she had. Um, and I guess they fo- somehow fooled this uh, nurse um, that was on uh, duty there. And uh, got some information about the nurse, the uh, or excuse me, about uh, Kate. Um, and the nurse's name is uh, J- Jacynthia Saldanha. And um, I guess, you know, among other things, uh, you know, so I guess HIPAA rules were broken, or at least the British version thereof. And this lady committed suicide. Um, and we were all kind of of the opinion for a little while that it was over this. And who's we? I think the world. Okay, because honestly, before the show tonight, I had not heard this crank call. I had I'd heard the news. About I don't think this. most people have heard the crank call. Okay, I, yeah, because I'd heard the news kind of through the the grapevine, but I never dug deeply enough to really hear what this was all about. And we've got the crank call here, so we can play that back for you. It's a terrible crank. I mean, it's not really that funny, um, and it's not really mean or insulting or anything that I would think would make someone want to go and commit suicide. So. How, why is it that we're bringing Michael Harrison on from Talkers Magazine? How is one connecting well, to the other? Michael here? Harrison, uh, uh, you know, decides who gets the Freedom of Speech Award, and I think that he's a bit of an expert of freedom of speech. That and he is. Whenever anything um, happens in the world of radio, people always rush to Michael Harrison to, uh, like, you know, guru, you know, at, at the knee of the guru to find out what does he think. Michael Harrison is the publisher, the editor, the man, uh, the creator behind Talkers Magazine. Obviously, we have had the, the you know the pleasure of knowing him to some extent over the last several years. We've been going to his conventions in New York City and now Los Angeles. Michael, welcome uh, to Free Talk Live. Actually, it would help if I unmuted the, the phone. Pod. Holidays weekend evening. Sorry, I totally missed like the first few words of what you were saying there. Try that <laughs> one more time. It was it was a. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you missed it because it really wasn't terribly smart. Um, I'm really glad to be here. That's basically what I said. Thank and, you. Um, I think I think that uh, the question of the night is why are you bringing Michael Harrison on to talk about this now? But uh, I assume right. that the. Uh, Mark has a, 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 a reason. I do have the uh, reason. Is I'm telling you, as a radio personality, I was petrified of this story for the first week. I didn't wouldn't have gone near this thing with a pair of uh, you know like tongs. It, it scared the heck out of me. How many calls have you it, gotten it, it on this, Michael? Me too. It, 
bothered me too because I thought it gave um, all those people around the world now. <laughs> Certainly, I care about radio in the United States because that's our beat. But uh, you know, the world looks to to the United States and to America. Uh, there are people out there who just hate radio. Uh, they 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 hate radio because it's cool, it's hip, it's edgy, it's got shock jocks, it's got pranks, it's got political activists, it's got uh, politically incorrect speakers. It, it's got all kinds of stuff on it that. Um, a lot of people just don't want to hear. Um, there has always been uh, in society an element of repression. Uh, free speech is one of the most difficult things to champion because along the way you wind up defending and protecting the rights of people to say the most outrageously horrific things. It's true. And, and quite often people see that as supporting the thing that you're protecting. So it's a difficult road, and it's one, you know, the battle is never over. But this particular prank was irksome. How's that for a word? It was irksome to those of us who love radio and want to protect its freedoms and its, its freewheeling nature because it fed into that current mentality that um, is very anti-radio, most of it stemming from the political aspect of radio. Now, there's no politics in this prank, but it's radio. And, you know, oh, those DJs, oh, those shock jocks, oh, those hateful talk show hosts. Why, they've gone um, too far this time, I tell you. <laughs> yes, they've gone too far. So I understand it. But I think, I think we, the reason I made the remark, you know, that, that Mark's uh, comment, why is Michael Harrison on now, I think the thing has come and gone. And, I, and, and there's other aspects to this, just from a human social perspective, that are very perplexing. The big question being, why did she take her life over this? That is something that is such a disconnect. Is there from, any evidence that she did? Frankly, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm obviously more informed about this than, than you are, because I know the names of the royals that were there, <laughs> that were involved. But beyond that, I don't know. This whole thing has been murky. Well, uh, the, the last I heard was that there was a suicide note, and in a murky way, she did take her own life, and somehow it was connected to what happened. Um, I haven't seen that. Uh, they they, they haven't know. released the suicide note that I've seen, but I, they did I release the information that she attempted suicide twice in the year 2012 prior to this event. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it to some extent that kind of takes some of the, uh, the 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 danger away from these two DJs. But there for a cu- a few days, these DJs were getting death threats and all kinds yes. of things. Um, oh. I mean, they went into yeah. hiding. And they and they they suffered. <laughs> I hate to you know to defend them. Here I am. People going, you're defending people that killed a woman. Um, they suffered terrible emotional distress. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I saw them interviewed on TV, and uh, you know, it's hard to fool me. They were they were truly crying and grieving and 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 terribly upset. Uh, I don't know how they feel right now because again, it, this, so many bigger things have happened since then in terms of the news. And, and how it applies to broadcasting that, that most of us have not followed it, you know, any more than, than we did. But I assume they're recovering from it. But clearly, this woman, she wasn't even the woman who gave the information on the air during the bit. She was the 
receptionist, from what I understand. Mm. And I keep saying from what I understand because <laughs> at this point, I don't believe anything I hear sure. is definitely fact. But from what I understand, she was just the one who handled the call that, and, sent th- it into, and sent it into the, uh, the ward where the nurse on duty was the one on the air. She wasn't the one on the air. Most people thought she was the woman on the air who gave the information about Kate Middleton and thus... Interesting. Had at least a, a closer connection to whatever humiliation occurred. Yeah, there are thousands of stories about this on the internet, and to uh, find out what the facts are is uh, pretty pretty difficult um, to uh, you know, really assert. But I think that to me, the narrative of the story is probably the most important. Like t- to folks that want to take away the right of people to say things, whatever you know, whatever it is they might say on the air, they don't really care what the facts are. The facts are, you know, even if we tell the story that. Um, you know, the woman had never committed suicide and that she was the one who answered the phone and all these things. You know, when I've listened to this prank call, it's pretty mild. I mean, it's nothing, nothing crazy is getting done here. They, they're not going honk, honk. Ha, got you. You've been punked or anything yeah. like that. None of that Nobody goes got, on. Got yeah, right. It's just some it's just a couple of people doing really bad English accents, asking kind of some silly questions and making fun of the royals for having corgis. I, I mean, it's nothing to it. Yeah, exactly. And and further along those lines, the information that was uh, given out wasn't really personal uh, embarrassing information. No, it was it was simple medical information that you might have read in the paper the next day. She's feeling and, better and and and, and taking this whole hum. It wasn't. There was no. Uh, there was no news broken or you know secret scandal revealed. Michael, was, can you stick with us for? Boring. Can you stick with us for another segment? Maybe talk a, a little bit into further free speech issues, maybe surrounding. Yeah, prank calls I, and stuff? absolutely. All right, stand by. Michael Harrison is with us. He is the publisher behind Talkers Magazine. And you can go there to talkers.com to see what they are all about. 855-450-FREE. Maybe you've got a question about free speech. 1-855-450-3733. You can also bring up anything you want. More coming up. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here. Live Saturday edition of the program, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But we do have a special guest uh, starting out the show here tonight talking about freedom of speech, especially when it applies to broadcasting and prank phone calls. We'll get back into that story here in a moment, but also want to remind you that if you would like to follow Free Talk Live online via email, Twitter, or Facebook, all you have to do is drop into our news page over at news.freetalklive.com. And from there, you can link over to any one of those three choices. Use more than one of them if that's your preference. It's all free at news. 
freetalklive.com. Yeah, we actually uh, linked, we, 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 we tweeted out that we we're going to have this interview and uh, tweeted to at Talkers Magazine. So if you want to go and find out about Talkers Magazine and uh, Michael Harrison, you can go there to our Twitter feed and, and see that. Our phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got a company and you need to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle that in a way that respects you and your client. Go find them at freetalklive.com. They're the top banner on the right-hand side of the page. They've been a sponsor of Free Talk Live for a very long time. Again, it's SACL CAI. Okay, so we're going to bring uh, back Michael Harrison, but just to give you a bit of a sample of this prank call that we've been talking about here, it happened a few weeks ago in Australia, and you know, one of those top forty kind of uh, radio stations with a guy and girl morning show host, <laughs> and they affect some British accents. They call up a hospital where one of the royal family is staying, and this is what it sounded like: "You are going to be the Queen. This is awesome. I'm going to be Prince Charles. Let's give this hospital a call." Hello, good morning, King Edward Seven Hospital. Oh, hello there. Could I please speak to Kate, please, my granddaughter? Oh, yes, just hold on. Um... Thank you. Okay, that was it. Now, according to Michael Harrison, that portion of the call was the portion of the call in which the woman who answered the phone was then later found dead of apparent suicide. She left three suicide notes, apparently, in the room in which uh, she killed herself. And those the contents of those notes have yet to be released. But unless there was some other portion to that call that they clipped out of what they played on the air, Michael Harrison, That's that, it. that certainly didn't sound like anything most people would take their lives over. And I've certainly, I mean, in my history of being involved with rock radio, and you uh, did rock radio for a long time before you got into talk, as I understand it, uh, there were a whole lot more seriously mean cranks that I've heard done on people and you know most people don't take their lives over this stuff should uh, should there be a, a too far for on-air hosts as far as you know how far they should go with this stuff well there should be a too far for everything in life it just shouldn't be regulated by the government and this is where free speech and the first amendment you know people sometimes don't understand that i mean the radio station has the right to put on whatever they want to and you know let the marketplace decide so uh, I, I wouldn't come right out and say, nope, there's no line. You know, I think that taste, I think that uh, intent, I, I, I certainly think that if you went on the air and you spread lies that ruined lives or created public safety hazards, uh, if you were to, you know, create panic by telling people that some terrible thing was about to happen sure. and you did it maliciously, I would, I would say, hey, throw those guys off. Put him in jail, even. What about it, it, what about the it, War of the Worlds? I mean, Michael Harrison, by the way, the publisher of Talkers Magazine. You started, as I understand it, in music radio back uh, back in mm-hmm. the day. Uh, I was a pioneer of uh, of underground album rock, so I I've seen it all. Uh, but but you you yeah, go ahead. I what don't well, what about you, like you you brought up uh, trying to fool people into thinking some sort of disaster was happening? What about Orson Welles and, and War of the Worlds from back in the day when you know they were doing a radio drama, but people believed it. It wasn't necessarily their intention to fool people, but they did. Well, this is an interesting um, piece of history that uh, is extremely controversial to this point as to whether or not Orson Welles knew people were going to believe it. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, in those days, you know, people were not as sophisticated in listening to radio. Um, And there wasn't clear-cut lines between a newscast, a documentary, an entertainment show, radio theater. It sounded real. And um, 
it's, an, it's a very, very, very important piece of history, that broadcast, and, I've, and I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with it. Um, should it have been against the law um, for Orson Welles to do that? No. But suppose Orson Welles had decided, let's create panic across the country and do a fraudulent newscast as a hoax. Let's play a trick on the people of America. And let's tell them that there really is a Martian invasion and that it's real. And, and that they should run for their lives because these invaders are just killing people with technology that is way beyond anything we can defend. Well, suppose that that happened and, and, and you know, mayhem broke out even worse than it did. I mean, what would your opinion be? Do you think that that should go unpunished um, or that that should be considered to be normal broadcasting or okay? Should he have been praised for it? These are questions we even talk about, you know, more than more than 70 years later or however long it's been, 80 years right. later. Right. This is, I mean, you know, this is high art in radio. Uh, the, the War of the Worlds bit was, I mean, you know, it's it's really looked back and, and lauded. But for the fee- for the people it scared and the consequences that it wrought, those would that, that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, it's because we're so far removed from it that it's all just kind of interesting now. It's just art. But. But back then, right. it scared a lot of people. Well, is it art or is it fraud? Well, it's it's well, it's art, art fraud. can be fraud. Yeah, some of the some of the best artists are you know um, people who do forgeries. Mm. Um, it, it can be it can be fraud and it can be art, but fraud is fraud. So, I, as a defender of the First Amendment, I find it frustrating when people go, well, I have the right to say that. It's my First Amendment. Right. Well, yeah, you have the right to say it, but you also have the right to take the consequences of what you say sure. uh, in terms of private business, in terms of people's buying habits, in terms of uh, people getting really angry and hateful towards you and saying bad things about you. I mean, uh, boycotting you. Sure. Uh, well, right. Campaigns well, the, against you. Along with rights come responsibilities. Right. And, and that's, that's, where, um, that's where it gets murky. As somebody who's owned radio stations and done talk shows and radio shows, there, there have been callers I just wouldn't want to put on the air because they were either boring, stupid, called all the time, nasty, hateful, talk about irrelevant things that aren't part of the show. So they say you can't come on. And the first thing they say is, hey, you're infringing on my First Amendment right. <laughs> when the fact of the matter is, is they're infringing on your First Amendment right because it's your show. The answer to them is... Go start your own radio station or get your own radio show. Yeah, this is as what As long I... as the government, as long as the government doesn't make it illegal to have a particular point of view or expression or political position, uh, First Amendment rights are not being infringed on. The spirit of the First Amendment can be infringed on. There's a whole controversy going on in radio today about whether or not it's fair play to organize boycotts against advertisers of political shows with which you disagree. And, and, and that is a real, uh, you know, brain buster in terms of trying to figure out, is this a First Amendment issue or not? I think it's partially a First Amendment issue. Um, and, and, and like all legal matters, you know, there's a lot of murky shades of gray. And that's what makes you know the justice system and, and law interesting. Michael Harrison, I have to say, I really appreciate you coming on Free Talk Live here tonight. And folks who want to see more of what you do, can go to talkers.com. Thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your New Year's weekend. We, of course, will be broadcasting live throughout it. So thanks again for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks, Michael. To you. Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. 
This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Free speech, maybe that's on your mind. Maybe you want to talk about what these DJs did, if you have any opinions on that, or bring up anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. This is Tim Cummins. I was just reminded about you and thinking about how awesome you are. And it's just incredible that whenever I hang around you, I just feel good now. And I'm reminded about how every day and every way you're getting better and better. And I think about how VerbalSurgery.com changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at VerbalSurgery.com. is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you would like at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that you'll find on the site completely free. We've got a bunch of them, including listening options, live streams, three different sizes to fit your internet connection, broadband, mid-band, or narrowband streams. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned into those. Also learn about our over 100 radio stations that air us on AM and FM across the country at various different times throughout the week, plus our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, where you you will hear us on two different channels. Uh, in addition, we're up on KU Band on free-to-air. You can find us on Galaxy 19 across North America, as well as the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance, plus our webcam. Plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices on ammunition knives scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders optics firearm accessories archery air guns holsters water purification tents apparel boating equipment and much more manventureoutpost.com they're family owned members in good standing of the better business bureau and they've got the lowest prices go look for yourself it's manventureoutpost.com. You can get it quick and get it from manventureoutpost.com. We're going to go right into you and your calls. Coming up, the latest on the war on cigarettes. But first, Trevor's on the line listening in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Trevor. Trevor in Ohio. Going once. Hello. Hey, Trevor. Hey, what are you guys up to? We're uh, doing yeah. a radio show. Go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> I know. Hey, guys, I've been listening to you guys for about three years. Thanks. Um, I got a... I was the one that got arrested a few years back for the lemonade stand <laughs> with my son that was oh, uh, wow. four years old. I got a resisting arrest and uh, uh, disorderly conduct is what they charged me with. What ended up happening Last, with those charges? Uh, I got I got put on five years probation, and I got a 300 and I think it was like 364 my fine was. Was that a plea deal, or did you go to court? that i mean no i went to court wow and And that's for a lemonade stand five years probation wait 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 a second did you you guys just said you never heard of it except one other person now did you club the police officers with the lemonade stand (laughs) no no actually they like grabbed one of the police officers had grabbed my right hand and i pulled back and the next thing i know the other police officer that was pulling in right behind them grabbed my other hand and i didn't want to give my hands and so they charged me with resisting arrest but i didn't hit anyone or anything like that gotcha wow but and now crazy. the probation the what level of probation is this can you can you leave the no, state I, I had to ch- at first i had to check in every every two weeks That's and crazy. then it went to once a month but it was for five years 
That's crazy. But they released me last week. They released you from probation after how long? Yes. Uh, it, it was a year and a half, almost two years now. Wow. That wouldn't be too, too unusual. Any random drug screenings or anything like that? No, no. nothing okay. like that. The lady was like, I mean, honestly, for the bureaucrat lady, she was pretty nice. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the probation officer, she thought it was kind of stupid also. I can't imagine too many people who don't. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to go out cop blocking. Um, my buddy Tyler, I, we've called in before. We listened to you at our shop. Oh, thank you. My buddy Tyler and I do. And we're going to go out cop blocking tonight in downtown because we've noticed. What does that, that mean to you? What's that? What does that mean to you? Cop I'm going to hold police officers accountable. So you're going to go film people? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, but what I was calling for is I've never really, besides the lemonade stand, which I have on film, um, I've never done this before. So I was kind of calling to get you and Mark's advice on how to <laughs> approach this. My advice is don't film anybody outside of New Hampshire. Where where is this going to be happening? Uh, Marion, Ohio. Ohio. Yes, we have like it's about the size of Keene, actually. Mm-hmm. I think we have like thirty six thousand. It's a little bit larger, probably about fifty percent larger. But uh, it's, yeah, actually, I don't know where that audio is coming from. Apologize. Sorry. Go ahead. So there's a lot of bars right downtown, and it seems like the State Highway Patrol and the City Police they set up a a square like a perimeter right around it. Mm-hmm. So me and another guy, we're going to go there tonight, and we're just going to record you. It seems like every time somebody does something, they just pull them over. Okay, so the perimeter is to eyeball people coming out of the bars and, you know, kind of try to catch people for drunk driving? Is that what you Pretty think? much, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so yeah. you've never gone and recorded the police before? It, the, on the day in which the lemonade stand thing happened, did you have yeah. any video camera there? Yes, I did. My wife recorded it, actually. Mm-hmm. She's kind of against me going out tonight, but it's something that I feel like I should do. Well, you know what? If you feel like you should do it, then you got to follow your heart. I tend to agree with Mark. I mean, if you at any point plan on making the move to New Hampshire and getting active here as part of the Free State Project, up. yeah, you know, I tend to I tend to recommend to people keep your head down, uh, try not to get into any more legal uh, situations in the place in which you live. That way, it's you, you know, because you, if you end up getting arrested and convicted and have to go to jail. Uh, if you end up, because you never know what these guys are going to throw at you, you never know what the what you know. How can I get arrested for doing? What I don't understand. Is how, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, just a second. Did you just really ask us? Is that? this the guy who got arrested for having a lemonade stand? Just yeah, asked me how. I know, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, man. You can get arrested because they don't like what you're doing. This is the easiest thing to get arrested for as far as the police are concerned. Let me they don't pre- like let it me when you record the them. charge. Let me give you three guesses. Um, I'm going to say disorderly conduct, yep. obstruction yeah. of justice. The word obstruction will be in the charge or, um, I don't know, maybe drunk and disorderly. Whatever it is they decide to throw at you. Those are, yeah. The first two certainly are possibilities. You know... I get it, man. You want to get out there. You want to get active. You want to, you know, you want to get your feet wet. And I don't blame I'm, you for wanting to do that. I'm on both sides. Sometimes I agree with Mark because he has his son Jack, and so sometimes I really agree with him. But then on the other side, I'm like, all right, Ian. You know, I mean, here's what I'd do. I'd bring your son out, give him the video camera, and uh, (laughs) see what the cops do to him. 
It's well, past his bedtime. Here, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, if you're willing, if you understand the consequences, I mean, disorderly conduct, can, usually in most places, misdemeanor charge could possibly yeah. land you in the, in the pokey. And uh, if you go to jail, how's your wife going to feel? I think she's pretty, I, I mean, I've sat down and explained to her that she knows I'm going to do this. And I, I feel like if I don't do what I, if I listen to you guys every night and I preach to all my friends, and I don't show or man up to it, it's not, it, you know, it just doesn't mean anything. I hear you. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean I, I'm driven to do activism at times myself, and uh, I've done different You've part- recorded the police. Yes, Mark. I have. And uh, I can tell you this, you know, I did the first recordings of, monk, you know, activists in Keene uh, as far as the, the police went. And they scared the pants off of me when they're, you know, started hunting me down and saying, you can't do that. So let's say you go out tonight. You're on the streets. You see the cops pull somebody over. You pull out your video yeah, camera and everything ready, <laughs> and start recording. And the police say, "Put that away." And they start walking up to you. What are you going to do? Sorry, officer. I know my rights. I don't have to put that away. Okay. <laughs> as long as you are willing to be put in handcuffs, taken down to the pokey, and you know not being able to get bailed out until uh, early Monday morning. Then, but it's legal. I mean, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You can whine like that to the cop; he'll really care. It was, in my opinion, it was totally legal for me to go to the courthouse early this year, and I was arrested for trespassing because I violated a no trespass order for doing that. But I believe that the no trespass order is illegal. If it turns out the case is being litigated right now, if it turns out that the trespass order was illegal and they overturn the trespass order, that means the arrest was, you know, a wrongful arrest. But according to my attorney, there's nothing we can do about it. He he doesn't believe, you know, as an expert, he knows these things. He says due to all the immunities that the government has granted itself, there's no way that we could in any way get, you know, me made whole for the entire day of time that I lost on that day when they held me in their cage. And then all the time that I've had to spend dealing with every this. American's freedom of the press. Right. The fact that I've been prevented from going to the courthouse, none of that will result in any kind of a countersuit. So at best the charge gets dropped at, at best after a year of you know litigation going back and forth between the cops the charge is just nullified and that's it there's more coming up we'll keep you on the three most important things you can do for free talk live are one share one episode a week on facebook or in some other social networking site two buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features 
that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com with you tonight. Ian here. And Mark. Hey, if you enjoy this program, one of the things you can do to help us out is become a Free Talk Live amplifier. And you can do it for as little as 5 bucks a month. We take that $5 in, we throw it into the same pot with uh, the others who are contributing to AMP, and then we take that money and spend it on stuff that can help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country. We were talking with Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine at the beginning of this hour, and Talkers Magazine is one of the places that those AMP dollars have been going for a long time because for they good are, reason right because they're the industry publication of record for the talk radio business and uh, it's a good place to advertise so that's where we've been doing that and they actually ended up a year ago they stopped doing their print runs so talkers actually you know kind of saw the future of that print is dying and they decided to leave the print game even though they were still making a little bit of money doing print they weren't failing you know miserably at it or anything like that they just decided we're just going to stop. We're going to go online only. And ever since then, we've been supporting them online with online advertising as well. I'd be interested so. in knowing what it's like for not just you know a, a case study, but I, I would be interested in sort of knowing industry wide. You know, what's it like for magazines that either are making money or aren't making money, um, and that go offline because it's, the print is a huge. Aspect, you know, all that all that dead tree material is a huge aspect to um, the cost. And you know, the, Newsweek's no no longer printing anymore, right? Right, right. I mean, you know, and Christian Science Monitor right. did it quite some time ago. And there's a big so there's a big savings. I would imagine fewer people spend as much money advertising because online advertising seems to be worth less in people's minds than advertising in magazines or newspapers. We're but, spending the same amount with talkers as we've as we were when we were just just doing print ads. With sure, them. but back then we weren't doing their online ads, so it actually but, moved us. It transitioned us from print to the online ads. Anyway, that's one of the things we spend amp dollars on. And there are other things as well, like going to their conventions that they throw a couple times a year we've been doing that too so if you want to help us get free talk live on more radio stations you can do that by going to amp.freetalklive.com and you get perks too like access to the amp only call in lines the amp only podcast which doesn't have the usual commercials our regular podcast does so go to amp.freetalklive.com use any major credit card through paypal or visa or mastercard right on our website we've got trevor back on the line here listening in marion he's got the itch he wants to hit the streets do some cop blocking grab the video cameras head out there and uh, possibly get himself arrested, which I can totally appreciate, Trevor, and you were calling us to get our thoughts on this particular uh, plan of yours. You, you want to head out tonight. Uh, the good news from what you've told us is that you're not going to be, if you do go, if you do decide to go, and it sounds like you've got your heart set on it, uh, but if you do decide to go, that you won't be going alone, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, you will not be going alone. No, I'll be going with another another guy that has I uh, turned him on to your radio station so and both of so you will have video stop. cameras yeah okay that's well, better really than sure going how to approach it uh we've we've talked to Derek jay and he kind of i've talked to demo a little bit but well, you have the experts in getting arrested for uh, filming, uh, you know, police officers uh, while they're going about doing their jobs. Uh, that much is yep, for sure. All, uh, Derek, uh, looks uh, like myself, you're ready. <laughs> Derek, Adamo, and myself have all been arrested doing this very thing. As Make a sure you have money for bail. Uh, well, if yeah, you want to get bailed out, actually. And but uh, the thing I'm worried about is like uh, the guy that I work for. He's actually an attorney. Um, he uh, graduated from Notre Dame, and now he owns a machine shop. <laughs> There you Let's go. Bad attorney, I know, but um, I've asked him. I'm like, is it legal to film in Ohio? And I've asked the sheriff that, and they said yes. 
Does um, he, you know, have you told him that you might possibly end up not coming to work on Monday morning? Yeah, he knows. He knows what I do. He knows because I got arrested for like six hours one time, and I was two hours late to work. Okay, so if you but I wasn't recording, <laughs> if you really feel like this is something you have to do before you move to New Hampshire, which I generally recommend against. As long as your boss knows what to expect from you and isn't going to fire you if you don't show up to work. And your wife. As long as your wife isn't going to be livid at you for uh, for engaging in this, then I would say, you know, you can hit the streets and see what happens. It'll certainly be interesting. It'll be a good experience for you. The only thing, you know, my main concern as somebody who said you want to get out of Ohio someday and move to New Hampshire, I don't know what your timetable is. No, next December we should be there. Okay, that's pretty good. Next, that's you mean by next December you mean December twenty thirteen. Well, no, we'll be moved there by November December. Our lease is up and we're moving to New Hampshire. That's great, unless of course you end up getting arrested we're tonight and this year also. <laughs> unless you get into, uh, get arrested tonight, end up with you know time in jail and then suspended sentence to where some some sort of provision to where you can't actually leave. That's the only concern that I have is that it's happened. Some people have yeah. There's there was a guy in Philly who you know was talking about moving up here and then ended up getting arrested for recording outside a federal courthouse and that just kind of destroyed his life. I mean to some extent. How did I get arrested for recording out of bars downtown? It's in case we haven't made this clear, the police can arrest you for anything they want to. I didn't think, you know, look, when I walked into the the Palmer Town Hall, I thought, okay, I knew there was a chance I could get arrested, even though it's not legal, in my opinion, for them to arrest me. And sure enough, when I refused to back down after the officer in the case told me to back away and leave with the the video camera or turn it off after I refused to do as he said, I got arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. And that's just how they do it, man. I can handle $35 or well, $50. I, look, I, I sincerely hope you get the nice cop, and there's lots of them out there. And the ones that have read the Glick decision that understand that it is the citizen's right and it's the right of the free press to uh, you know, to, to film public servants on public property, mm-hmm. doing the public's job. And I shouldn't say film, digitally record. Um, but – I can tell you that there's plenty of uninformed police officers out there that do not know that this is the aspect and that the police unions tend to be against, tend strongly to be against uh, the filming of police officers and that they've given a lot of information to police that is erroneous throughout the years. And, you know, if they didn't get the memo, your your butt's going right. to jail. As long as it you is, know. And they're not going to get in trouble. Right. As long as you know what you're getting into and what the risks are. I say, you know, go for it, you know, get the experience that you're looking for. But generally, my yeah. advice is keep your head down and then record everybody when you get to uh, to New Hampshire where you've got some some activists behind you. But since you're not going to be alone, you know, you may have better odds as a result of that. Uh, but, you know, just understand if they tell you to put the camera down and you don't, then they're going to arrest you. And I don't, I don't recommend backing down in general. I would recommend either not, not going, going to. I would recommend either not going at all or, you know, if you are going to go, stand your ground. Yeah. And, and don't resist arrest, which, of course, just makes things worse as, you, just, uh, as yeah. you learned. Yeah, you guys inspire me to, like, you know, demo Mark, even Mark, because I have kids. <laughs> well, hey, make hey, sure that if you do go out tonight and you end up making it back uh, in one piece, you put a video up on YouTube, link over to it on our Facebook profile so we can see it. All yeah, right. I'd like to see it. All right, guys. Good luck, man. Thanks, Trevor. Right, thanks. Appreciate it. Be safe All out right. there. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm torn a little bit when calls like that come in because I know – 
you know, I did activism down in Florida. I didn't do the same level of kind of uh, non-cooperative civil disobedience that I do here, but I still did some stuff that could have put me in uh, in jeopardy. I did start doing jury outreach in front of the courthouse in Sarasota, Florida, yep. and they did send sheriffs out to uh, to threaten us in that case. They wanted us to move away from the doors or something, and, and I did. You know, I wasn't going to make a stand there on that particular issue. Another but, aspect to this that uh, we didn't really uh, take, you know, take up in that conversation is, is that when you're doing this recording, it's not just the police you have to watch out for. Sometimes people don't, I mean, you know, people often do not want to be recorded and have their thank you. little misadventures um, the, that they've the got The drunk a-holes on the streets coming out of those bars may be far more hostile to you than the police officers might. And so, in my opinion, in my experience of doing cop lock, it is very important. And prior to cop lock, there was cop watch. Uh, but I know. prefer that name, by the way. I really I, well. The difference is a cop watcher just watches with a camera. A cop blocker may insert himself into the situation by asking tough questions, perhaps of the police officers. That would be a way to change it from a cop watch into a cop block. I uh, like I like the term peaceful streets. That's a good one too. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the suggestion being that oh, I don't know where I was going with all that. Oh yeah, you're asking people. If it's all right to record the situation, this is one of the things that I learned you know, the hard way because some of the drunks were getting pretty upset about being recorded, and I just figured it wasn't worth it to just record people. I don't want to upset the people that I'm there to supposedly keep an eye on and make sure they don't get hurt by the police or whatever. So if somebody is being talked to by the cops... I will usually ask that person after the police officer has walked away or something like that. You know, like if it's a pullover, the cop comes up to the window, gets driver's license and registration, walks away from the window. At that point, I'll say something like, hey, do you want us to keep an eye on this? Do you want us to record this and get a a yay or an A from the person in the car? And I think that helps out. Uh, 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Hour number two is on the way. The war on cigarettes continues. We'll tell you the latest. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. This is Free Talk Live. And it is the live Saturday edition of the program. You, as always, may bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that uh, we have on the site for you. They are free. And it's Ian with you, by the way. And Mark. Uh, So we'll take your calls about anything. 855-450-FREE. I said we had the latest on the war on tobacco. 
and they apparently are increasing that war. Mark, you've got a story about a crackdown on candy cigarettes. Uh, But first, I don't know if you remember this, but if you've been paying attention to the news over the last two decades, you might have recalled this story about the 1999 court decision against the tobacco companies mm-hmm. remember that is a huge big, huge big decision decision sure. involving a you know multi-hundred of million dollar settlement if i if i recall correctly well that's still working that decision is is still rolling on through with uh, all the things that the tobacco companies were told that they had to do and now a decision needs to be made and a judge is a federal judge is soon going to decide whether according to the ap your next tank of gas or bottle of soda will come with an apology from the marlboro man and joe camel a recent ruling ordering a multimedia blitz stating that the nation's largest tobacco companies lied about the dangers of smoking left open the possibility that retailers could be required to post large displays with the mea culpas retail trade groups are upset about the possibilities that the displays would commandeer their most valuable selling space and imply their own guilt by association as part of a case the government brought in 1999 u.s district judge gladys kessler last month ordered the tobacco companies to pay for corrective statements on cigarette packs in print and on tv radio and the internet hey that'll be a first First-time tobacco companies have uh, been allowed to show themselves on television. (laughs) Since 1971. The statements must also disclose smoking's health effects, including the death on average of 1,200 people per day. While the cigarette makers and Justice Department this month began discussing how to carry out the corrective statements, a footnote in the ruling said the issue of whether retailers that have agreements with tobacco companies to sell their products, which most sellers do, will have to place the placards front and center in their stores will be resolved in the near future. So you may start seeing advertising, billboards, TV, radio, that sort of thing, where the companies admit to supposedly lying to uh, their customers. And now the question is, should your local convenience store also be forced to put up some sort of signage? It is yet to be determined what size those signs must be, but some sort of you know obvious signage in their stores with basically an apology. Now, I don't know what lie they're talking about here, but I'll it seems to me the lies they're talking about are like 1960s lies mm. not you know like modern day lies you might be right um and i mean it's taken them almost uh, a decade and a half to come to this decision i you know i i'm i'm pretty i'm kind of ambivalent i i certainly believe that uh, smoking is bad for your health number one killer in the world and actually the number one killer in the world is the state uh, but uh, you know it, it's right up there as far as killers go and uh, you know, I, I, it's it's difficult for me to be you know upset about people being informed about that, and I tend to think that most people are. But at the same time, it's kind of like blaming a company for you know for something that happened. I mean, who's still working there that was working there in 1962? And I tend to think very few people are, and certainly not anybody who is in senior management making any of those decisions. Mm-hmm. Those people are all dead from lung disease and so they got whatever punishment they had coming i I one time saw a a video by sarah silverman who i think is a a a fantastic uh, comedian and really clever Uh, but it's a it was a new hampshire native too right Uh, that's right and it was a song uh, saying that uh, jews driving mercedes are bad or something like that and i just think that's dumb i uh, you know i I, it just doesn't make any sense really what do you think the people working at mercedes right now making their money at Mercedes that are building cars or 
managing the people that build cars or marketing the cars that are built. What do you think they've got to do with gassing Jews? Because I just don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And in this Isn't case- Isn't she Jewish? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so am I. Right. I don't care. I mean, you know, I, I I don't claim any particular ethnicity, but I happen to know that little, there's a drop of Jewish blood in me someplace. You did the DNA check thing. That's right. Yeah. And so I just, it, it just doesn't make any difference. And I just don't think that this makes any, I think people should be educated. And I don't think there necessarily needs to be a pillory out there. If you know that if you're smoking today in America and you speak English, and you've got an IQ above that of a light bulb, yeah. you probably know that smoking is, is bad for your health and that if you live long enough, it will kill you. I think that's generally true. But how do you feel about the issue of these companies, you know, gas stations, for instance, convenience stores, being forced to put up public apologies from these tobacco companies? I just don't to see use any, their shelf space. I don't see any point as, as specifically for, for convenience stores. I mean, what if I open my convenience store after one of these tobacco Good companies? Um, I don't think that matters. I think that they're saying that anyone with a agreement with the tobacco company today let me go on with the story here. Retail trade groups argue that the move would infringe on their First Amendment and property rights, but public health organizations say the tobacco companies have long used retail displays for deceptive marketing, and that retailers, the typical meeting place between the cigarettes and their makers, are an important place to communicate the public confession. So the suggestion here is that even though the lawsuit was against the tobacco companies that because they have an agreement with sellers means that the courts may be able to go and force the sellers to post the apologies as well. I think that's disturbing. I think that's the worst piece of uh, stuff to come out of this whole legislation. Uh, it makes more sense to me to have those big graphic pictures of like rotted human lungs. Well, those, those are coming too, on the I back of a, of, of a pack of cigarettes um, than. It makes to force uh, – then to force some convenience store operator to take up valuable shelf space or floor space or whatever with your you know, tobacco pillory. But then again, what's new? I mean I remember when I went up to Canada, they actually – when we went into the, uh, the convenience store there, they actually had covers over all of the places where cigarettes were. So normally you know, you're in, at the counter at the convenience store. You look behind the person who's there, and there's all kind of cigarettes. If you're in the U.S., mm-hmm. usually that's where the cigarettes are because you don't want to put them out where people can just swipe them. Those things are valuable yeah. at $9 a pack or whatever they are. But in Canada, you actually have to ask for a book. If you want to know – like most cigarette smokers know what they want. They just go and they order for it. But if you wanted to actually browse, you have to ask them to give you a book from behind the counter that you can then – you know, three-ring binder that you can then page through and see what their inventory is. At that point, you can then select what you want. I thought they, they only sold players in Demonier in, in Canada. I, is that a joke? I, no, I no. Like, I mean, really, I, no, those I, are the I don't know. I mean, there there were a bunch of brands. I think that seemed like there were a lot of spaces that have been covered up. But my point is, there's already you know regulations that re, you know restrict these companies and how they can advertise in a store. So there's already you know in a lot of places very restrictive regulations over how cigarettes are sold. I I can totally see the judge making the decision to force these companies to display this information. But what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that that a judge should be able to just make a decision that some company that made you know that some dishonest statement in the past allegedly then gets to use your shelf space to put its apologies up eight five five four fifty free any other thoughts of course on the war on smoking or the war on cigarettes are welcome plus a candy cigarette crackdown in moments uh, Josh is with us though in Madison listening to the Mike ninety two point one hey Josh 
Hey, uh, I was just listening about the whole cigarette thing, and I agree with you uh, on the on the um, uh, signage that they shouldn't, you know, probably have to take up valuable space. But the main reason why I was calling is, um, according to some research that has been done, the primary reason that cigarettes are killers in the first place is the uh, minerals or the fertilizers that are used in tobacco farming that contain high levels of polonium-210. Okay. Uh, so maybe uh, these uh, companies that are uh, making the, the fertilizers uh, instead of the organic cigarettes should also uh, be held responsible for some of these deaths that are caused by cigarettes. Do you think they knew that specifically, that it was the fertilizers? I mean... That's the first I've heard about that, by the I way. I have heard that it's uh, actually... Well, I was going to say the um, uh, Israeli Prime Minister Yasser Arafat, I think it was, or not, maybe it's not Israeli, but... Yeah, I think uh, that's probably wrong. uh, They found the high levels of polonium-210 on his body. They think he was poisoned possibly by polonium, but they also know that if he had been in a room with smokers, uh, that the polonium-210 could have gotten on his body from the cigarette smoke. It's true. So... Josh, thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Cigarettes are bad for you, kids. SACL CAI toll-free line. You call in, share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live's Live Saturday show. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. We're here to take your calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. As the year 2012 comes to a close in a matter of days, Free Talk Live will be here with you every single night. New Year's Eve, we're here live. So uh, feel free to tune us in. If you don't get us all seven nights per week on your local talk radio station, give them a call and ask them nicely to add some Free Talk Live or add some more if they already carry some of the show. So once again, that's uh, freetalklive.com is our site. Our phone number tonight, 855-450-FREE. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you've heard about bitcoins. Um, Here on Free Talk Live, we talk about them on a regular basis. They're an online, peer-to-peer, open-source currency for the Internet. A number of people have been using them around the world, and you know the fact is is that 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 number is exploding. If you've got a business and you want to accept bitcoins – but you don't know how, you're in luck. BitPay has made it easy for you. Thanks to BitPay, there's now an easy way for any website, charity, retail store, whatever, to accept Bitcoins and have them instantly converted into cash and deposited right into your bank account. The fees are much lower than credit cards, and there's no risk of chargebacks or fraud. Visit BitPay.com to get started. Again, it's BitPay.com. All right, let's continue here. We're talking about a story from the AP about an old court case, although I guess in the court, yeah. you know, the court time structure, this justice is fresh. Is, justice is terrible, swift sword, you know. 1999 I mean, was this court decision. It's, it's what we need is some kind of competition in the area of justice because things just aren't getting better. They're getting worse. The judicial system, I should call it legal system because there's yeah, no there's nothing about justice in, in, involved here. Uh, the legal system is incredibly 
ponderously slow. And, uh, you know, arbitrators, I mean, invariably offer better solutions more quickly. Uh, They're under contract. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the fact is, is that they they want a good name. They want people to be happy with their, with what they do. And it's just the opposite with uh, with the legal system. Somehow or another, we have to extricate ourselves from the legal system. Boy, how do you do that? I don't know. That is a really like we talk a lot about changing things from the government monopoly system that we have today, this violent coercive monopoly that we're forced to uh, endure to some sort of a market-based system where as you suggested there should be competition in the area of justice there should be competition in the area of say policing as well these things that historically have been provided on a monopoly basis open them up to competition and then let the market decide a lot of this but it's it's hard to think about how do how do you get from here to there i you know, I'm not a scholar. I don't. I haven't really pondered this for very long. When I, we make contracts, we need to stipulate that we're going to have binding arbitration. There's that. That is in a lot of contracts. I mean, that's worth pointing out. Typically, if you you know review your cell phone contract or something like that, many of the contracts that you've entered into uh, do have arbitration clauses in them. I'm not going to say for sure your cell phone company does, but this is fairly common in business because business people know. <laughs> They know that it's a huge hassle to use the government court system, mm-hmm. and they'd much rather use the American arbitration uh, system or association, mm-hmm. rather. Uh, so that that does happen, Mark, and I guess if more people did that, that would be good. But either way, trying to end the monopoly that the government courts have, say, over criminal uh, cases, that's, a, that's an incredible – seems like a complex thing. Yeah, but that would seem really complex. Generally, you know, we generally say, well, let the market decide. Let the market figure out how to do this. But transitioning from here well, we are to where we want to be is the tricky part. It's right? incredibly difficult to transition from uh, a monopoly, especially a monopoly you've known all your life, to yeah. competition in a particular area. Many people can't even envision this. They imagine utter chaos if uh, – if you even talk about it. And I think that the first step would probably be civil because we can see civils already moving in the direction of mm-hmm. arbitration. When it comes to criminal, I, I mean, I don't I don't see it on the horizon. You know, uh, there are some interim steps, though, right? That, that but could this be was taken. a civil suit against the tobacco, the tobacco com- companies. companies. Right. And anyway, there, there are some interim steps. We can get back to the tobacco thing. But since we went on this tangent, uh, some of the interim steps could be, as you say, transition civil over to you know some sort of market-based system that could take a load off. But in addition to that, we can take a huge load off of the criminal system by getting rid of all the stupid crimes out there, the stuff that aren't real crimes because there's no real victim, there's no identifiable complaining party, uh, and there are so many of those. You, just, you can just sit in on any arraignment you want to, any town USA, and you'll see person after person coming in there for a possession of marijuana, possession of alcohol, well, open container, driving while suspended. I'm not sure that that's a transition, but it would be a huge savings. Well, no, I, I'm not saying it's a transition. I just said it's an interim step, right? Like until we can figure out how to get out of this coercive monopoly on crime, we could at the very least get rid of half of the crimes that they're charging people with. And more than that. And, you know, if all they were doing was going after rapists, murderers, domestic abuse, uh, abusers and people like that. 
I don't know if many people would be that concerned with them taking too much time or being a little bit slow with those cases. That's not the end of the world if somebody – I guess people still deserve st- speedy trials because they could be wrongfully accused. But they would get faster trials if the system wasn't clogged up with a bunch of drug cases, for instance. Yeah, it's incredibly slow. Um, you know, I mean, there's no one – I mean, speedy trials in this country uh, are something under three years. Pretty much. Let's go to Tim. He's listening to XM's Extreme Talk. Uh, Tim, you're in Minnesota. Hey there. Yeah, yeah. I want to comment on, you know, the, uh, like you guys were saying, the judicial system. It's not a judicial, it's a a legal system. Mm -hmm. And how it's it's getting pretty corrupt, and it seems to be going hand-in-hand with the whole system, the whole government matrix. And there is a way we can work towards changing that. How's that? You know, everybody says we live in an information-based system. you know, economy now, and I think we need to get some truth and more information out there to the, the the populace. And one way we could do that is through a free and and accountable media. And the way we can get towards that is we should deregulate the media. We should change how we have the FCC, you know, regulate all these big multinational media companies. What we should do is we should lower them to the same level as a CB radio. What do you think of that? I agree completely. I, in fact, I would go a little further and say get rid of the FCC entirely, which is essentially what happened with CB well, radio. Be there to, to set up the guidelines, but I think for like twenty nine ninety five, you should be able to go out and get your own uh, license and set up a transmitter and transmit and all that. There's so many stations that are open that aren't oh, being yeah. used. Nobody can afford to to set up shop because they've got everything you know so controlled and, right and if, yep. if you're listening if you're listening to this in some kind of major metro you don't really understand what's being said here because the fact is is that every dial position where you are uh, first adjacent and second adjacent dial positions they're full but in the vast majority of America, you drive around and there's dial the dial positions open all over the place. There's sure. places out west where I've hit the seek button and it just kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, well, but here in the in the big cities, you know, like I live up here in Minneapolis. Uh, if you turn on your AM station, which stands for you know amplitude modulation, there are a lot of channels that are open that are aren't doing anything. It's true. And, and, like, for one thing, we have one very liberal radio station up here. I'm not going to give you the name, but they got a 50,000-watt transmitter, and I think they need competition. I totally agree with you, Tim, and unfortunately, the FCC isn't going to go away anytime soon, so I would suggest in the meantime, you do it anyway. Get your own radio station on the air without asking anyone's permission, Tim, and I can give you some suggestions on how to do that. Coming up, thanks for the call, 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. This is the live Saturday edition of the program, 855-450-FREE. 
You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. The bulletin board system is one of those. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you there, and you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And one of the forums, the sub-forums of the BBS, is the free radio forum. You can go there and interact with other people who, like our last caller, are also interested in running their own radio station. And maybe some of them have had some experience in running their own radio station. And I don't mean legally, because it's next to impossible to get your own legal radio station. The FCC rules are set up in a way, and their system is set up in a way that basically cuts you out of the picture. I mean, unless you've got a bunch of money and attorneys and engineering firms and things like that, it's and even if you have all that, sometimes they're not even accepting applications. So you can have all the money in the world sometimes, and it won't make a difference in starting a new radio station because the FCC just doesn't care. They're just not accepting applications most of the time. Uh, so it can be very difficult to start your own radio station. But our forum has uh, some information there. But even better than that, you can go to... Uh, broadcast.lrn.fm and there's a lot of really good information there. You can click the button that says I want to have my own LRN FM radio station and then I've written up a long piece there that has all kinds of information about equipment that you might want to consider purchasing the stuff that you'll need, how to get programming for the station so if you're really serious about offering alternative views on the airwaves in your local area then this is a way for you to do it. We've it's basically a plug and play situation. You you know, if you've got the know-how to be able to put some equipment together and get a station on the air, we can provide the programming for you. Uh, it's all there. Go to broadcast.lrn.fm to learn more about that. Bitinstant.com is the fastest, safest, and easiest way to acquire bitcoins. Bitinstant.com makes it possible for you to deposit money in more than a million locations around the world, including your computer at home. In more than 30 countries, um, all you have to do is go to bitinstant.com and select how you want to fund your account and where your account is. Then make the deposit. It's that easy. If you don't know what Bitcoins are, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. We explain it there. Uh, you know, make it a lot easier for you. It's an online, peer-to-peer, open-source currency for the Internet. Um, it is probably, what the way I see it, the way I see it, it is uh, the most important invention of the decade. Uh, BitInstant.com uh, to get some. That's Bitcoins. We can talk more about the cigarette crackdown here in a moment. We're going to continue with your calls at this time. Let's go to Aaron, listening in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. How guys doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? You know, well, first of all, I uh, wanted to talk about one thing, but I just heard you talking about how the SEC been smothering you, trying to put roadblocks in your way, open up a radio station. It's called the American Way for Three Prongs. It's called the American Way for uh, what? It's a, you're a little muffled. I'm sorry. You no, know, I was just thinking about what you were saying about much being better on radio station. It seems like there's a three prong uh, way of getting to where you want to go in this here country. About not only what you know, who you know, and who you blow. That's, that's <laughs> the way it goes in this country. But uh, I was just thinking about, uh, it was just a, uh, a big old article on Chicago House. You got to pay $6 for a parking meter downtown in Chicago. Wow. This is one of the biggest rip-offs in this here country. And, and we just, I mean, you know, I don't, I say, if you see a fool, you use a fool. I think the American people, it's our fault for falling for this mess. Because locally here, our mayor, he had leased out the parking meters downtown here in Indianapolis to a company out of Atlanta, Georgia. 
Now, what the hell are they know about here? Are I mean, they doing the, when you say he leased them out, Aaron? Does that mean that the enforcers are private uh, enforcers? Yes. Interesting. And then uh, the thing is, is that they make a deal. They they give the money up front to the city of Minneapolis. No one goes in the business without thinking about making money. Sure. So I'm pretty sure, but they write these here contracts up to where they give them so much money mm. at the beginning, but in the fine print. Something always comes up about four or five years later, just like what's happening in Chicago. The, uh, what's kicking in now in Chicago was written up under Mayor Richard Daly about eight years ago. And it seemed like they, they ease it to you really slow while you're not paying attention, then bam. Yeah, well, how can anyone pay attention? I mean, there's so much government out there, and they're doing so many different things to you. It's impossible to know all of their changes and rules and, and things they're adding. Why, that's why that's why I laugh at people that say they, uh, some people say they're about small government, but those very ones, they the one ripping you off. Like, uh, this, uh, like the, uh, basketball arena here in town. Oh, it's going to bring so many jobs to downtown Indianapolis. And now they, uh, they, the city's got to pay the Indiana Pacers, the owners, at least $12 million a month. Sure, it's it's very common for a lot of people. You know, the people that call themselves small government, if they say they're conservatives, that usually doesn't mean they really are for small government. That usually means they're for big warmongering, uh, military spending, and police spending, and more militarization of the police, and things like that. So they lie, they lie, they lie better than a throw rug. Matter of fact, on the great tombstone, is going to say, "Here lies such and such." Thanks for the call tonight, Aaron. I always appreciate uh, hearing from you. Thanks for making that. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, corporate welfare. Seems like a lot of uh, the small government conservative types look the other way when it comes to corporate welfare. They're concerned about individual welfare, and rightfully so. But for whatever reason, when it comes to uh, a stadium being built, it's usually rah-rah, go team. I, I don't know whether uh, be, uh, it seems to me uh, sports stadiums would be an anti-conservative uh, uh, opinion, but I think that people can be blinded by what um, football you know, marks the national pastime. What they think is a good idea, and if it's a good idea, then it should grow up organically. On its the own, problem right. is though that you can do it. It's 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 essentially the arms race because just because uh, Cleveland is unwilling to pay the seventy sixers or whatever it was. Um, you know, doesn't mean that uh, Toledo is not willing to pay them. So then you're basically you find the municipalities, the large municipalities, f- uh, fighting over these uh, these big time franchises because they don't want to be left out. They they don't want to be that metro that doesn't have something worth speaking of. And yeah, that's that's how they tend to feel. You know what I want to know is if you live in Indy and you get a parking ticket. What happens if you challenge it? Because here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, Mark, you and I have both challenged parking tickets here. In fact, I've got a challenge in right now on one of them. Uh, And a number of activists have done that. Uh, And that usually results in the parking meter lady having to come to court and testify and spend some of her time that she could be out ticketing cars trying to win a court case over, you know, here in Keene, it's only five bucks if you get the ticket. And it's only, of course, you know, a few pennies or whatever, a few nickels to, to, to buy some time on the meter. But I wonder about that. Terry's on the line listening in Indy. You know, if you were to challenge a parking ticket in Indy, would the private company have to send their people in to, uh, to prosecute? How would that work? Um, actually, uh, when you go to, I've never really uh, tried to 
battle a ticket here in Indianapolis. Uh, but when they switched over to the newer system, they actually made it very easy so you don't have to worry about getting a ticket. They actually have an app that you can get on and purchase more time. Mm. That's convenient. That Instead is convenient. Running out uh, and pumping the uh, the meter. Uh, right. That was part of the uh, reason why uh, Mayor Ballard went with that company, because we had the old antiquated systems where you had to put quarters and nickels and dimes in. Yeah, but I like those systems because uh, I'm a you know I engage in the occasional Robin Hooding uh, as we call it here in Keene, where people will go uh, and find the parking enforcer, walk in front of that person, and then deposit nickels in every expired meter that uh, as they walk down the street to prevent them from giving anyone a ticket. With these new fancy systems that you're describing, it's impossible to save anyone from a ticket. There, it's then their responsibility. They're the only ones that know how much time is left on their meter and it's usually you can't ascertain that that's about the only advantage of those old things though yeah sure but i don't want people to be obedient i don't want people to uh, to pay them you know to obediently pay the state i want to put a stop to parking meter enforcement i don't know if you had more terry you're welcome to hang on we can bring you back here in a moment 855-453-free that's the SACL cai toll free line because it really upsets them sometimes when you walk in front of those enforcers they're tracked they actually have a device that tracks how often they give out tickets and if they don't give out tickets in a 15 minute time frame they get a a reaming it's free talk live dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supplies automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips shop.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done get a great deal and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit free talk live when you enter amazon via shop.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 855-453. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that we have waiting for you there. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. Now, of course, it's not free for us to run the website. Server time costs money. costs us uh, hundreds of dollars per month to run our website. But we it costs everybody else that, too. Yeah, it does. But we want to be able to provide the site to you for free and all of the features there for free because, well, that's the way it's always been, and doggone it, I think that's the way it should be. But that means we've got to make up the money somehow. And one of the ways we can do that is by offering you the ability to shop with us, get your normal shopping done, the stuff you're, you're going to buy anyway online. Uh, you can do it through shop.freetalklive.com. And when you do that, there's Amazon links there, there's Newegg, there's some other stores. But when you click in, for instance, to Amazon, there's Amazon US, UK, and Canada. Click into the right Amazon for you. And then you just do your normal Amazon shopping in whatever of the categories you want. Get the great uh, free, super, free Super Saver shipping deals and the regular Amazon prices. It's the same experience you're used to. You're just starting through our affiliate link at shop.freetalklive.com, which means that Amazon will cut us a portion of their profits. So that's a great way for you to help Free Talk Live and really do nothing differently except start your shopping through shop.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. 
All right, so we'll continue here. Uh, the gentleman that was on the line from uh, Indianapolis dropped off, but he had pointed out something interesting, and that is that they've got a private company who's doing enforcement of the parking meters there mm-hmm. in Indy, and that that means that they there's a little bit more innovation, right? Because right, innovation prim- um, is this is something the government is terrible at sure. really really bad at the uh, we read a, read a story a few years ago and i think that this just sums it all up is uh, the federal bureau of investigations the fbi the top cops in america these are the police officers the police officers aspire to be the best and brightest and they couldn't put together an email system. Yeah, they hired IT guy after IT guy and, and spent something like $170 million. And they just would throw their hands up. Just It can't be done. And somehow or another, I mean, this is the kind of accountability and efficiency that you tend to see with government agencies right. as opposed to, you know, at this point, this was in the, the early 2000s. I mean, every major, every major company had an email. I mean, that was easy. We worked at Clear Channel. We had email. Right. So I get it that it's cool. It seems cool that, oh, well, this, you know, now that we've got this private company in town doing the parking meters, that means that there's some innovation. So now there's an app for that. So you've got your parking meter yep. app that you can pull up and add money, you know, presumably through your credit card uh, to the parking meter. And of course, there's also the the newer meters with the where they'll accept credit cards as well, and that that's usually a result of the city uh, contracting with one of those manufacturers to install those things. So, the problem, though, my objection to this is normally I'm in favor of innovation, right? I'm in favor of the marketplace, but this isn't the kind of innovation I want to see. I don't want the government to be more efficient at taking your money. I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to make I don't want the innovations well, to make government that much more difficult to resist and refuse and disobey. I don't want that happening. I don't want a private oppressor given the uh, the approval of the government to do their oppressing for them. I don't consider any of that an advancement. The difficulty here is is that uh it, it's a monopoly privilege as we've talked about so you know roads tended to be things that were not owned or run by any government agency at one point often a long time ago yeah uh, well up until even like 150 years ago yeah. uh, roads would be started by individuals who wanted to get paid uh, you know they would toll roads or for whatever reason they'd create them communities maybe or groups uh, i mean yeah. this this nation is crisscrossed by railroads which were put there without the use of eminent domain which were put there by private companies some of them yeah. wanting to run uh, most of them yeah. the vast majority of them um and so somehow or another they managed to put roads down and make them yeah they probably weren't as nice as they are today but that's not to say that they couldn't be because they didn't have the innovations of today so the government took them claimed monopoly privilege over them and then the best parking spaces sort of downtown they've got and there's no competition in this area mm-hmm. the only competition is basically you know they set the mark there's no shopping mall in america that would charge you for parking no doubt but the government charges you for parking sort of in the downtown area why because well yeah, they can get away with it and one of the reasons why they do that is because they don't have the incentive to uh, to expand parking correctly. So as business grows in a downtown area, downtown areas by their nature tend to be a little stacked up. You know, businesses, buildings tend to be taller. Right. And, and the government gives them the zoning to do that. Yeah. If you want to, re- you know, uh, it, your, your shopping mall, you don't necessarily have the zoning to do that. So as 
buildings kind of go up. Uh, the you know the streets don't get wider necessarily uh, because usually you know they don't want to take down existing buildings, and so parking is at a at a premium at that point. And so you end up having government-run parking spaces. They come up with some sort of a rationing program, which results in having uh, these parking meters that nobody really likes. No one likes to pay a parking meter, uh, and if we actually had the businesses owning their own spaces, then the business owners, the downtown associations, the business associations would figure out where they could put parking garages that would expand as necessary to handle the amount of business that they're expecting to come downtown. They've got the incentive to, you know, like the mall builds the parking lot much larger than it uh, than it needs to be, you know, or the size it needs to be to fill the mall or whatever. They can figure these things out. Also, the government can't. They don't have the uh, the market signals. And when it comes to government parking, I mean, it's almost worth it to pay for parking because it's just so complicated. I mean, it seems like whenever I go to some town where I don't live and already know the parking rules, I get a ticket mm. because I just don't get it. Oh, I'm allowed to park on this side of the street on Tuesdays, Thursdays, yeah. and Saturdays, but on that side of the street on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you know, whatever it is. And then, uh, you know, not during, not from the period of from November 1st through, you know, April 1st or whatever. They've got all kinds of rules. On Sundays, you've, you do have to pay in some towns. You don't have to pay in others. Saturdays, I, I don't know. Yeah, I did the same thing. I in- always get tickets. Yep. 855-450-FREE. So, I, you know, I don't support this private company enforcing the parking tickets. I support abolishing parking meters. But I like the app that I don't, wouldn't have to, you know, I mean... I, I don't like that because I know what it means. I like it from the perspective of, oh, that's neat. Like, okay, cool, they developed that, but it just helps them run their tyranny better. It just helps them oppress people and extract more money from people. I don't. I don't support that. Maybe it extracts less, though. I mean, it's hard to say. You mean if they? You mean if they're paying less into the meter versus getting Tickets. the ticket? Right. Could be. There's that. You might have an argument there. Still, though, it seems to make people more uh, more obedient. Eight five five four fifty free. And I, I generally am against the principle of privatizing to one company what the government is doing. I I don't like that idea. It it's marketed to people as though that's. You know more freedom or more mark you know market based action, and it's not at all. It's just the government buddy system. It's the good old boy network. Some connect, some politically connected crony got himself the deal for you know the parking enforcement, and is probably making bank uh, off of doing it. But let's go to Mike. He's in El Paso. You're on Free Talk Live, uh, listening to XM's Extreme Talk. Hey, Mike. Hi, and hey, Mark. Uh, what what happened with that guy you were promoting for sheriff named Brad? Brad Jardis. Yeah, yeah. He um, was supposed to be on Thursday night this week, but he's got to cross the state to come here, and it was kind of snowy out. So I think that's why he wouldn't didn't call show it a blizzard, week. but it was getting there. Um, and anyway, are you asking what happened as as him not being on the air, or what happened with his sheriff campaign, or what happened with his campaign? Uh, he lost in the primary. Got about one out of every four votes uh, that were cast against the incumbent. That's really too bad. I was hoping that he would be able to to secure that position, but we were hoping um, too. You, you guys. Yeah. Have you guys heard about the medical examiner wanting to examine that alleged killer's DNA to try to see if there's what's called a, quote, evil gene? No, I've I, not heard of I haven't heard of that, but I have heard of this uh, sort of idea that some people are just sort of born broken. Yeah. Now, he's the medical examiner that did that really weird press conference. He says that he wants the University of Connecticut to examine the DNA of that guy and see if they can 
if, if they can isolate some kind of a defective gene or something like this. And I'm wondering to myself, like, who would they compare the, the chromosomes to? Like, who would be the control group? Like, you know, and the other thing is... Hmm. We well, can politicians, of course. We know they're the good guys. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It would be somebody like... Uh, Maybe Diane Feinstein. I don't know. But, uh, we can all agree that there is a great evil in the world, right? I mean, the police state is evil. These politicians are evil. Corrupt cops are evil. There's people that commit arson and rape and murder and pedophilia. I mean, there is a great evil in the world, right? Yeah, there's certainly evil actions. I'm just wondering, um, you know... Of all the great people that's in the world, where does it come from? Stand by. We can talk more about that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Well, good intentions would be my answer, but 855-450. There's lots of people yelling the devil at the radio right now. 3733. Demons, uh, I tell you. Demons. Yep. More coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You can talk about evil if you'd like. Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, Common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book, and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you to bring up anything you would like on this live Saturday edition is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. You know, when you're there on freetalklive.com, as you're scrolling down the page, you see the numbered items. Those numbers are votes. The items are submitted by listeners like you. They're just links to things on the web. Uh, maybe a YouTube video that you like. Maybe some sort of outrageous news story. Whatever you think's interesting. Whatever you think we'll enjoy. Whatever you think the listeners of the show would enjoy. And it, that's basically what it is. A compendium of uh, what our listeners think is pretty interesting online. And you get to vote on the stuff that you like. Vote it up. If you don't like it, you can vote it down or just ignore it. Uh, go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Unlike a lot of those talk show hosts out there, we give you our website. So enjoy it. Let's go back to Mike. He's listening in El Paso to XM's Extreme Talk. You know, you, you went to an interesting question right before we got to uh, went to the break there. And I wanted to make sure we had a chance to flesh it out a little bit. You were talking about evil and whether you know that your your observation is that evil exists in the world and what was uh what was your the, the question that you asked prior to uh to the break i said of, of all this great evil that's in the world all the bad things that's happening that happen to people and countries and nations where does it come from i mean there has to be a source of it in, in my opinion i mean of all the great evil in the world where does it come from you want to take a crack at that mark you know i 
I think that um, you know, evil comes from a couple of different places. People serving themselves, um, you know, is where sort of the traditional crime comes from. You know, at the uh, uh, with without any regard for their neighbor and how uh, you know how they would feel if they were in that position, um, that kind of thing. You know, simply act, acting like the predator and everybody else is the prey, not realizing that that sets them up to be the prey um, in the future. Um, and I think that then further, it's sort of on a societal level, it's people that are, uh, you know, talking about their best intentions and things like that. They're they're really trying to solve whatever problem it is that they're trying to solve. But in the process, they manage to, you know, to destroy, you know, whatever it is that they destroy. I mean, it seems like the most evil things around were people trying to solve a particular problem. Yeah, I don't know how many people are born evil. That's what you had brought up in the beginning portion is that there might be an evil gene or something like that. I think some people... Maybe. It's possible, I suppose. But I think that uh, as far as evil, the majority of the evil, the the institutionalized evil that we have today, which is, of course, the most common form of it, you know, all kinds of peaceful people being put in cages for not hurting anybody else, I think that's pretty evil. But I I find most of the people, at least in Cheshire County, that that run the jail to be likable uh, characters. So I think that a lot of it is that good intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. These are mostly people who believe that they're doing the right thing, or at the very least believe that they're doing the thing they have to do to feed their families, uh, even if they may not agree with everything that they're told to do or tasked with. Uh, Of course, the legislators that passed the laws in the first place believe that they were doing what the people wanted to do or what they wanted to do or what they thought would make for a better society. So I think a lot of the the stuff that is very evil that hurts a lot of peaceful people ultimately comes from people's good intentions. And then when you've got individual crime, like let's say robbery and things like that, uh, a lot of that stems from drug addiction, for instance, where somebody is just trying to get the money that it takes to get their next hit of uh, meth or crack. Uh, they're not really so concerned with the morality of their actions. A lot of these people will steal from their own grandmother in order to uh, to get their next uh, fix. And, of course, that's an extension from the war on drugs, given that drugs are very expensive uh, as a result of the war on drugs increasing their, their costs. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to steal from grandmother. They could just get a job at McDonald's and pay for their habits. So a lot, a lot, lot, lot of what I would consider evil comes from the unintended consequences of creating laws to supposedly do good. Um, and then, of course, there's murder and rape, and there's no I don't think there's any explanation for that. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I, I guess that my whole point was, uh, you know, what, what if it is just as simple as just some kind of a dark supernatural force. And I'm not even saying anything about God or the devil or anything else, but what if it is just as simple as, you know, like uh, some kind of galactic uh, battle between good and evil? You know, it's like it as, as people as people advance, and I know that I, I've listened to the show enough to know where Mark stands on the situation. I don't know so much about you, Ian, but, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be God or a devil. And it's like a lot of things that we watch, you know, like if you believe in predictive programming, you know, like the Hobbit trilogy and uh, the Matrix and, you know, different movies and stuff. It's never about God or the devil. It's about just some kind of a strange, dark, supernatural force. And, and as people advance, you start to get away from those things and try to figure out different explanations for things. But sometimes it's like the most simple thing is the right thing.
I tend to uh, agree with where you're coming from. I think that uh, takes me back to the conversation we've had in the past about the greatest jihad. I mean, if you, uh, this is explained in the Quran, uh, the lesser jihad is the one that happens outside of you, you know, whatever conflict that you would have outside of you. But the greatest jihad, the greater jihad, is the one that happens inside of you. And I think that, I think that we all face those, uh, those choices and those, you know, maybe negative thoughts that uh, aren't really who we think that we are but yet they still come i know this happens to me uh that you know i get thoughts that come through my mind that i would not act on i'm not interested in uh, in acting on i don't consider them who i am but they come across my mind and i you know give them a moment's consideration and i, I it disturbs me when those things happen where do those come from is it coming from uh you know culture is it coming from the culture that uh, that we're raised in the you know pop culture that we're programmed with through through television and, and media, and it's just, you know, they're popping back up at various different times? Are they coming from our parents? Or is it coming from something uh, otherworldly, something, you know, that we can't really put our finger on? I don't know if there's any real firm answer. And thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, he dropped off the line there. So, you know, he was talking about the, the supernatural aspect, and I think it's it's sort of interesting. Um, I mean, if you believe that the the world was created by a supernatural being, we'll call that fellow or that individual God. Um, uh, you, you know, I mean, I doubt very very seriously that individual has a gender, but uh, throughout my life, I've heard I've heard it re- referred to as a male. And you know, it's it's interesting to think about this other side of it all. Is there this dark being? I, you know, you know for me, there's no room for that. Um, I, I don't mind thinking about there being a, a creative God in some way or another. I'm not entirely sure um, exactly what it is. I sort of believe in evolution. And I sort of believe there's something behind it kind of pulling the strings. Um, but I, I have no room for this uh, evil creature. I generally think the world's a good place. Um, I just I, and I think that most of the most people are motivated. Uh, ultimately, you know, in in many ways, they're motivated by trying to do uh, what's what they think is best. Ultimately, everybody does what they do in order to make themselves feel better. And there are just some people who are act, act criminally. But many people um, either use the, uh, the veil of acting good uh, for their criminality or their criminality is in actually them trying to do good. Well, I think that, you know, I, I tend to be with you, Mark, on the, the idea that I don't like the idea of this evil creature or whatever, some sort of evil being. But I think that we live in a world of contrast Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you couldn't experience good if you didn't know what evil was in the same way that you wouldn't know what it was like to be warm if you had never been cold and uh, et cetera. You know, those these these ranges, the yin and the yang, if you will. So I think that in order – I think that overall – most of our lives are based out of love, but you know, if we didn't know hate, how would we really know what love was, right? So I think that it's it's a necessary evil, I guess. You, we can't get away from it at, at this point in our evolution. Maybe someday we will uh, move whatever past it, is, it somehow. Whatever it is you're here to be taught, you wouldn't learn that lesson without the, uh, you know, the, the hard lessons that go along with it. Indeed. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Josh is in St. Pete listening in Florida. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, where to start? Where to start? You guys cover a lot of topics, and a lot of it really hits home with me, especially what you just mentioned about the yin-yang, the good and all evil, the evil and all good. 
And that's not why I called in tonight. The reason why I called in is because I've done about a year's worth of research. Oh, boy. Um, I was, in the very beginning, I, I came, you know, to a, a situation with the court system that just, it, it violently turned me into a different person. All right, I want to hear about it, but um, hang on, Josh. We'll bring you back here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, tell your story, share your thoughts, bring up whatever's on your mind, the nature of evil. Maybe you've got some ideas on that. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to FreeTalkLive.com. And enjoy the features that you'll find waiting there for you. Again, freetalklive.com with you tonight. It's Ian and Mark. Those features on our site do include our mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you want quick access to our live streams, just go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You'll find the streams there as well as the software that you'll need to tune them in. If you don't already have it on your phone, uh, tune in is a really good one. But go to m.freetalklive.com and you can get tuned in via your smartphone for free, of course. And Obviously, data charges might apply depending on what your plan is, so keep that in mind. Yeah, and, we, we don't pay your phone bill around here. Yeah, indeed. Now, we give you enough free stuff at freetalklive.com. <laughs> right. We don't pay your phone bill, too. We're not going to go that far. Uh, by the way, Free State Project. There was big, big news. Maybe you are not you know, privy to our weekday program. You did not hear the big news about the Free State Project. Cynthia Chase is one of the state representatives in New Hampshire. She's a Democrat out of Keene, and she's no friend to liberty, I can tell you that. She made a statement on Blue Hampshire, which is a uh, website that is mostly focused on the, the progressive uh, folk out there. And, you know, I find a lot of progressives pretty likable uh, folks. I've hung out with Occupy and uh, spent a lot of time with uh, with Occupy Keen and, and working with those uh, people in the Occupy New Hampshire. Uh, Cynthia Chase, I've never seen at any of the Occupy meetings. She's a politico. Uh, she's part of the 1% as far as, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, she made a statement about the Free State Project saying that free staters are the single biggest threat the state is facing today. That statement I posted over at freekeen.com. Reason Magazine then picked up the story. Uh, It's been picked up since then by Judge Napolitano. It's been picked up by uh, Tom Woods from the Mises Institute. This thing has gone viral. I mean, as far as things going viral in the liberty movement, this thing definitely has, has gone viral. And it's a real testament. Her statement is a real testament and an unintended endorsement to and of the Free State Project to the fact that the Free State Project is something that they need to be concerned with here. She's using a superlative, and, um, you know, that's a big deal. Right, meaning that we are the single biggest threat, she says. Yes. We, those who love liberty, those who love freedom and understand that in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free, and that freedom's all about your freedom to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. And this lady has really stepped in it big time, but it's big 
publicity for us. So if you haven't seen that yet, you can go to freekeen.com, scroll down the page a little bit. There's been a number of stories about it. And of course, the irony is, uh, as Daryl Perry pointed out from fpp.cc, he posted a little bit later at freekeen.com that this lady who's complaining about these carpetbaggers coming into New Hampshire and trying to change things to have more freedom, well, guess what? She came here from Rhode Island (laughs) to try to change things to be less free. So it's uh, it's a huge news for the Free State Project. It's resulting in a lot of publicity. And if you haven't heard yet, the Free State Project allows you to join together with other people who are of like mind, who love liberty, and get, are getting active. Go to freestateproject.org and then go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum and get signed up for the upcoming 2013 Liberty Forum. It's happening in February from the 21st through the 24th. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live. Tom Woods, the aforementioned Tom Woods, will be the keynote speaker. A number of other folks, including Corey Doctorow, uh, will be in attendance and speaking. Uh, Declan McCullough as well. There's a number of others. freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Registration is cheap for a convention, and it includes several meals. You can get it for less than 200 bucks at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Now, that doesn't include your hotel room, but that's even cheaper if you split it with a few people. So again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We will see you there. Josh is on the line in St. Pete. Now, you were saying you've been doing some research, you've been caught up in a court situation, and that's about all we had time for before the break. So go ahead. Yeah, basically, I've been distilling through a lot of propaganda in the last year or so. I know that, you know, everything out there is not information, and I've been taking what actually comes to play and what may be effective, trying to make a plan, if you will. Um, I personally have been affected by Fourth Amendment violations twice in my life and got railroaded by the government both times. There was nothing I could do about it. Well, I'm looking at it from, obviously, uh, a perspective of somebody who's already done with. I'm not on probation. I don't have any of these problems anymore. They were non-adjudicated. I have a clean record, but that doesn't change the fact that it did happen. Um, So when you say a Fourth Amendment violation, you were subject to uh, a a search or a seizure of some sort? In the first incident, they had no signature on their search warrant when I came home to their house. In the second incident, the police officer actually admitted in court to an illegal search, and they proceeded anyway. Wow. But, like I said, moving on from that, I, I have a plan. Welcome to Florida. I want to know. Yeah, welcome to Florida. I want to know uh, what, what anybody else may think about it. This is, uh, you know, open for questions. All right, this shoot. One, I don't know that it would work. But mainly through the propaganda I've been distilling through, I've come to the point of that I see in a lot of cases that we're actually successful one way or another. You're finding out that they were doing this based on the grounds of no victim, no contract. Obviously, that's civil. And in criminal cases, it would be no corpus delecti or no contract. Uh, well, my question is this. How come, you know, Americans aren't going down and filing against the people involved for filing fraudulent documents? Against who? I'm sorry. Against filing what documents? I'm I'm a little confused. You mean like the filing the papers? You're calling what you're calling fraudulent is the like the court papers that started the whole process? Correct. The police officer actually makes the the complaint against you. It's probably an immunity. Would be my guess. First of all, Americans don't know anything about courts. Uh, that's why they hire attorneys, and that's good business for the attorneys, and costs us a lot of money. Typically, there is a way to uh, to help that. But anyway, uh, most people don't know what the hell they're doing, so they wouldn't know in the beginning to even consider doing that. But secondly, even if you did file something like that, odds are good the judge would kick it right out of court, and uh, they you know say, oh well, we're immune because of qualified immunity or one of the other five different, you know, three or four or however many there are in your state, different immunities that they've granted themselves uh, having any level of, you know, from having any level of responsibility for their actions. 
Well, let's talk about immunity for just a second, because I've done a little research on this subject, and one of the most powerful things that I come across was that the United States Supreme Court in Shrouder versus Rhodes stated that when an, a state officer acts under state law in a manner violative to the federal constitution, he comes into context, conflict with the superior authority of that constitution, and he is in that case stripped of his official representative character and is subject, subjected in his person to the consequences of his individual conduct. The state has no power to impart him any immunity from the responsibility of the supreme authority of the United States. So uh, my answer to the question, that was Ian that was giving his answer. My answer to the question is, is there is no justice in the legal system below the appellate level um, that, uh, you know, the judges aren't going to that they the way they get up to wherever it is that they get up to, uh, you know, the advantages that they get isn't by ruling, making constitutional rulings or anything like that, that you simply have to make your points in court, get found guilty, and then raise those constitutional points on appeal. Hopefully and not from inside a jail cell. Hopefully not. And this is the problem, is that they put tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars between you and justice. Most people don't want justice that badly. They just want to get away. They want it to go away. So, yeah. they, so the, 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 the legal system as it exists today in the United States is not broken. It's irreparably broken. Josh, wish you the best uh, with your case. I, you know, if you can hold them accountable, please let us know if you figure out a way to hold these bureaucrats accountable for their actions. It's It can be done every so often, but you really got to know your stuff or have an attorney that, that does. Yep. HowToWinInCourt.com gives you a chance. There you go. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You take control. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. We do a live uh, radio show every single night of the week. And you can join us on the air by bringing up whatever you would like at 855-450-FREE. Now, there's always topics on the table. And, of course, by this time in the night, which we're in our third and final hour, uh, there's usually several topics on the table. So you can talk about any of those or bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian and Mark inviting you over to our website you can enjoy the features of the site completely free. We've got archives. They go back for years. And all you have to do is click and download. Uh, there's no complex system. You don't have to register to download. They're just there. You just click and they're yours. Freetalklive.com. The last week's worth are at the top of the page. The archive section contains years' worth of the archives. And then there's also our SoundCloud page where you get more than just the archives of the show. You'll also get Edgington Post interviews as well as uh, the occasional interview that we might do on someone else's show, for instance. They might have us on as a guest. Uh, we post all that stuff over on our SoundCloud page, which you can go to if you're already at freetalklive.com. Just look on the left-hand side of the page. Under Listen and Share, you'll find our SoundCloud link there, or you can just go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. And SoundCloud makes it easy to share our archives on any of your social networking websites that you prefer. So you just click the Share button and then click through Facebook or Twitter, and it makes it really easy to post our, our 
our audio, our show, to your Facebook and even builds the player right into uh, the Facebook post. It's pretty cool. And, of course, it's free. So go to freetalklive.com and enjoy that. By the way, Free Talk Live brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can go to victimlesscrimespree.com and watch a full-length documentary film that I was the executive producer of. Uh, make a few appearances in the film as well. But it's really all about Derek J and his amazing odyssey in civil disobedience and non-cooperation here when he was in Keene. And he will come back to Keene at some point. He's on his exile tour at the moment. Uh, but you can watch... Watch the movie for free via YouTube. You can also download it via Torrent. It's totally free for you. There is going to be a Director's Cut DVD coming out. And hopefully I'll have something to announce about that in very early January as far as dates. I don't. I can't say what the release date's going to be yet. But the disc has been sent to the pressers. The, you know, the, the master has been created. All the menus and the commentary tracks, all that stuff's been put together. And it's ready to roll. And hopefully we'll get it onto iTunes and Amazon. I, you know, none of those things are official yet. But at some point we will let you know more of those details. I'm pretty jazzed up about it, in case you can't tell. But you can watch the movie before the director's cut in full. Uh, the original theatrical release, if you will. Uh, it, it was at least released in one theater here in Keene, New Hampshire. One morning, uh, we had our premiere here. VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. We go to the phones and the fun. Jesse's in Florida, and you're calling from Rocky Face. Not sure where that is. Jesse, where are you at in Florida? No, that's Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Okay, well, that explains it. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, um, I noticed uh, I was on Facebook, and I saw some posted question. It was, uh, where did evil evil come from? That's what and, one of uh, our callers asked earlier tonight. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe timing is of the Lord. What the Bible says. So I noticed that, and it's just the timing just happens to work out sometimes. And I have to answer that question out of the Bible, Isaiah chapter 45. Verse oh boy! I just just want to warn you. I find Bible verses to be nearly intolerable in most cases. Oh, you're going to hate this one. Then. How long is it? This. How long is this verse? It's a very short verse. You're going to hate it, though. I promise you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let you go time. until I stop you. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> it, it's okay. It says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's pretty short. I have to give you credit for that one. It was short and un- intelligible as well. So God makes evil? God made evil. So this is really interesting because what we're told, uh, you know, so the, the Christians are told is that God can't brook evil, that he cannot yeah, exist yeah, right, within know, evil. But this Isaiah verse says that God created evil. Now, is that makes suggesting? Sense to me. I mean, it, I, it, it makes sense to me too. Right. I mean, if never, God created everything, then it would have to have created evil. I, but, but I don't believe in hell either. The suggestion is is that um, God must throw us in hell if we do not repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our uh, Lord and Savior because He can't stand evil. But if in fact He created mm. it, then He must be able to stand it. Well, that's the thing. He created it. And he did create hell, but he he didn't create hell for people. Obviously, he created hell for the devil and his angels. So does that mean that people are going to go to hell? Yes, people. I mean, because well, this is the part that I really don't get. The Almighty God, Creator of uh, you know a billion billion galaxies, says, "Oh, I just created hell, and oh my goodness, sin's been introduced to the world, and now I'm going to have to throw my children that I love so much <laughs> into the worst kind of torture no pedophilic psychopath on the planet would ever put their child through, could ever put their child through. But I, the Almighty God, just got to do it. That's how he." Shows his love yeah, for you. It's pathetic. Watch this. Watch this. 
Um, the Bible says, my God is a consuming fire, and then it says the wicked shall be turned into hell. You think about it, we all came from God, all of our lives came from God, every single one of us, and if we choose not to give it back to Him, well, I mean, it's going to go back to Him anyway, why are we going to keep it for ourselves? So if we keep it for ourselves, we don't give it back to Him, well, I mean, you're going to go to Him anyway, what part of Him are you going to go to? I don't believe in that God, God. I don't believe in the sadist God. Dude, if I had 20 kids, um, if I ha- I only have one, and I consider him to be very val- the most valuable thing I have on the planet, and this is the, the standard by which I go, I believe myself to be a child of God, so therefore I use this standard. Um, and I think that I was we are all created in the image of God, so therefore I use this standard. If I let my 20 children go through a maze, and any one of them took a wrong turn, and I put a, a 44 to their head and blew their brains out, I would be a nut. <laughs> but I gave them life, so it's okay for me to do that, right? Well, what, okay. What about this? What if, what if, um, what okay. if I did something wrong and you you had created me, and then your son was all that was all you had to give was your son? No, no, no. Look, just the, I, I made the rules here, dude. I made the rules in the maze. You don't follow the rules. You get the forty-four caliber brain surgery. Sorry, I made the rules. I'm God. You don't just because you got some crappy little two thousand year old book that was edited back uh, seventeen hundred years, and they took out the parts they didn't like, and they at, tossed in the parts that they did, or whatever. You know, even though I'm God, and I could drop a five story granite block that says I'm God from the sky to really let you know, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this kind of weird little book thing. Um, you know, Which can those be interpreted are the, in those all are the rules ways. you've got to go by. So if you get it wrong, well, I'm that's sorry, not, you're going to hell. A it's not a little book. I don't know if you ever There's read it all the way through. Look, yes, I've read it through three times. Long, arduous read and impossible to really grasp from any meaningful aspect in the way that well, it's that written. That was a pretty easy verse, wasn't it? That one was easy. I mean, could you could you mistake that one? As meaning something else. You also, right. it's, it's also been taken out of context I just, as well. And I just, and I just explained to you that now that you claim that God created evil, therefore He can be in the presence of evil. That God is that, therefore, that much more evil for throwing His children into hell, since He can therefore stand evil. It doesn't never say that God cannot be in the presence of evil. It says that evil can't be in the presence of God. Decreated doesn't though. make sense. That does, yeah, doesn't make sense at all. Now, of course, there's plenty of contradictions in the Bible. Anyway, thanks for the. It says, sh- it says God is all in all, and so therefore God is everywhere. How come evil is in His presence? Then? Jesse, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. You can't get consistency from the Bible. You you cannot get it. There's there's just too many contradictions in there, and that's not to say there isn't useful information. That's not to say there aren't some good stories or allegories and, you know, some useful lessons, but there's also some crazy stuff and some really disturbing sections and not-so-loving evidence, you know, that this God is not loving. (laughs) Genocide, go out and kill all these people. Um, I love you, so I'm going to torture you for all eternity (laughs) because you got something wrong. You made a mistake. You what? are an imperfect being, and I'm going to punish you because you made a mistake. What makes perfect sense to me is this is the interpretation of God that these people had at this time. Yeah. And we've all got our interpretation, and it's kind of like that old story of the uh, five blind men feeling an elephant. You know, one guy's feeling the ear, one guy's feeling the trunk, one guy's feeling the tail, one guy's feeling the flank. And they all feel something differently, mm-hmm. and they describe that different thing. And to me, that's what it's about. But... I find the story of hell to be an aggression against your neighbor Mm. because it scares the pants off of people. And I think that I spent nine years in prison because of that stupid story. Mm. That stupid story 
uh, disempowered me around the area of morality. It didn't teach me what morality was. It taught me be scared. And then when I thought that that was a dumb story, I had no longer had anything to be scared of. Yeah, you should do the right thing because it's the right thing, and not because, because you're it afraid works. to do. Yeah. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll free line. Moments remain, but maybe enough time for you and your thoughts if you dial in right now. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Take control of these airwaves and do it toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. Did we talk about SACL CAI tonight? Well, they do collections and they do it with respect. You can find their banner at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Don't miss out on learning about SACL CAI if you run a business and you need some help with collections. Anyway, again, our number, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of these airwaves. And if you don't get on or get in your thoughts tonight, it's no problem. Mark will be here tomorrow night. That's right. With Stephanie for the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, because we do this thing seven nights per week. And if you don't get it every single night on your local talk station, you can always call the program director and ask real nicely to get some more Free Talk Live. Or get some if you don't have any, uh, because you might be listening online or some other method. So again, we go to the phones here, and to you and your thoughts, let's go to Dave, listening in Humboldt County, California, to KGOE. Hey, Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, i got to say I really do love your program. You do welcome diverse opinions, whether you agree with them or not. And I Indeed, think that's sir. The hope for this country is the free willingness to be able to discuss differing views. We'll do it for as long as we possibly can. Go ahead. Well, I do appreciate it, and... Uh, you know, the subject you just dealt with there, for one thing, quickly, I do think that on the subject of evolution, you feel there may be some designing force behind it. I'm inclined to think if there is any kind of a divine power that's overseeing this, uh, that poor force has got some explaining to do for all the <laughs> suffering and grief and wars and well, hunger that goes on in this world. Well, Dave, just because there's a, a designing force behind the uh, the universe doesn't mean that that designing force uh, has any interest in what we deem as suffering and, and things like that. I mean, you know, those are those are things that the uh, Christian religion kind of ties together, but. I don't see any necessary. I mean, deism would say that uh, you know, the the religion of deism would say that that God put the world. Set it together. and forget it. Yeah, put put the world in place and off it went on its own or whatever. I suppose that might be possible, but the it's possible. I call, called you on that you interested me earlier. Is that if I live in a place, a country, a time now where we have so much corruption, and and that's in city and county and state and federal government corrupt. What are the chances that the people that have got themselves in power, I think by rigging elections, would then uh, appoint law enforcement people uh, seriously in the business of prosecuting crime? What are the chances that 
the Federals would be appointed ahead of the FBI that would arrest people that cause wars for profit and play a real part in 911. Clearly, they're not going to arrest George Bush or Barack Obama. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I think you're on to something here. They're not going to uh, appoint anyone that's a threat to their power. Exactly. And uh, that's the reality we're up against now. I think we can make people aware of it, but I, I don't know. Where do you turn if you want to say, I want to, I've just run into a major corporate government fraud, corruption. Who do I report this to? Well, you, well, you can you report it to the news media, and uh, sometimes they'll blow a good story open. I mean, there have been story, you know, a lot of stories over the years that have been pretty earth-shattering, uh, the Pentagon Papers, the Bradley Manning situation of today. Uh, and there, there's certainly a number of uh, stories like that, but they never really have any meaningful effect on the government itself. If, if they perform any useful task, it's to wake some people up to the fact that this government that ostensibly is out there to keep them safe is actually putting them in greater danger and is the, the greatest threat to the liberty that their liberties that they've ever seen and as well as the liberties of uh, and the lives of the people around the world so to answer your question further in my opinion the only viable option to stop this corruption in the future is to end any relationship the state has with the federal government and dissolve the united states call an end to this experiment it was quite the grand experiment and it's been a grand failure as well so it's time for california and new hampshire and all these other uh, state governments to go their separate ways and uh, abolish the federal government that way we've got 50 different governments or maybe you know four, i don't know how many would maybe for instance since the uh, Oregon and Washington and California would all be one, you know, one great nation or something like that. Uh, but to have more choices would be a good thing because then, for instance, you know, folks who don't agree with one another could migrate to different places. You know, if I, if the ultra religious folks want to go live together somewhere, I think they should do that. Uh, if you know the people who don't like other people because of their skin color want to go live somewhere, I would rather they move away from where I live. So I think that could be a real benefit uh, to to all of us. Secession. I love your thinking, guys. Keep Free Talk Live alive. Thanks, guys. Dave. Appreciate your call tonight. Let's continue and go to Tom. He's listening in Myrtle Beach uh, to WRNN. Hey, Tom. Uh, yeah, good evening. I see I came in kind of late, and uh, a few moments ago, was, uh, you know, I, I, the uh, discussion was, uh, you know, mostly theology and mm-hmm. certain principles, certain doctrines. Go ahead. Is that correct? Yep. Mostly it was about hell. Okay. Uh, okay, great. You're about hell, right? Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, okay. Let me tell you something. You know, you know, you know. I've been, you know, I've, I regard myself a Christian, but, uh, but more of a kind of a realist. I, don't, you know, I don't, I don't even know what kind of name to, to categorize it in. But, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, very much common sense, and I like things to make sense. So let me, I'm, you know, I'm trying to make my point very, very quick. Uh, you know, I do believe in, you know, God, the Creator, or not. But I, I believe that um, this God, you know, that we all. You know, my, most people believe in most, and some don't. Whatever. Uh, let me back up. When I was, you know, I was raised as a Baptist. You know, and I always heard that God made heavens and earth in seven days. And when I was a child, I knew that wasn't possible. It's not possible. So since I was a child up to now, I'm 51 years old now, and so for the past say 30 years, it's a hobby of mine. You know, to study, you know, the Bible, the Bible, and 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 the scientific realm, and try to bridge two together. In other words, we all know the Earth took billions of years to form, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. And all this stuff, why not? Anyway, it's thirteen million. Uh, you know, but there again, you know, come back to the uh, spiritual aspect. Uh, the more I studied, the more I realized that God gave us such intellect. 
okay, to understand and 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 you know interpret and just decide for ourselves the uh, parables in the Bible. You know, and, and again, provided you believe in the Bible, you know, I tend to. But you have to be really, uh, stu- you know, studious and and really, you know, study with your heart to understand what. You know, the, you have to be patient the, just to read the darn convey. thing. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, but there comes with a with a, a faith, that, but then to understand because you know science is undeniable. Is I can't not? have faith in a book, though. That's the thing. Like you know, this this was a book written by men and edited by no, men. No, no, no. Totally, I, hey, hey, totally understand. Yeah, you know, I can't and, have faith and, in know, that. The King James re- re- rewritten in sixteen eleven, right? By by a bunch of uh, monks, and the, you know, and there's so so many spurious things that. The, uh, they just tossed parts in that were yeah. convenient to them uh, take, about the Trinity specifically. Take it with a grain oh, of salt. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, 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 I totally, agree. I totally agree. See, see, I think you know, you know. In other words, my personal belief is God intends everything. See, everything makes sense in our world, in the real world, right? The sun comes up, sun goes down, the earth rotates. Uh, we live, we die. You know, da 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 da. There's just undeniable, just re- realities. Okay, and then, and then as far as you know, I think I meant, when I first started listening to it, uh, you know, someone said something about you know all the evil and bad things that happen. You know, if there's a God, why would He let that happen? Okay, well, He gave us free will. Okay, why? Because if you know, if if, if He made all of us to uh, to be uh, you know hardwired to love and respect Him, then you know, then you know what what's the purpose? You know, That's what he did to the angels. He doesn't need how, to do that again. If he gave you free will, how is it that uh, he's all-knowing? All well, he's all-knowing because check it out. Because there's a – and I can't quote the scripture, so forgive me. But there's a major point made that uh, – as a matter of fact, it's Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, I knew you before you were born in the womb. I knew you – and I knew, you know, it, but so, so, you know, so, so a lot of people regard that as. Do you get my point, though? If you have free will and God is omnipotent, that is an apparent contradiction in that. Because he must know the future. And if he knows the future, okay, okay, no, no, something no, no, to think no, about, okay, Tom. Okay, we don't have time for you, but thanks for the call tonight. No, You're no, welcome wait, to call wait, some wait, other wait, time. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, Let's sorry, go to buddy. Jonathan listening in Charleston, South Carolina to WSCFM. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Um, you've been you've been making a couple of statements tonight about the nature of God and the nature of the Bible and stuff. And I got got a couple of questions for you. I tell you what, you've got about time for one of those questions, but if you don't get time for the rest of them, you're welcome to call us back any other night of the week. Uh, we're right up on the, the clock here. Go ahead. Okay, let's do let's do one then. You said, you know, you, you told the story about the five blind guys and the elephant, and you got the five guys, and they're all touching different parts of the elephant, and so they all say, this is what an elephant is like. They're all blind, so they can't actually tell you what an elephant is like, right? And you said that the moral of that is kind of we need to take everything that we each know about God with a grain of salt and understand that that's just our perception of God. Is that a fair... It sounds like you're leading somewhere very interesting. I would suggest you call tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Same number. We'll talk to you then. And uh, we can get into detail at that time because we don't have enough time to give it to you right now. See you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, 
I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.